Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. We are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. Please support this mission by subscribing to and rating the show on your favorite podcast channel, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere else. By doing so, you'll help others find the help which just might save their life. Also, please help by sharing a link to the show on all of your social media channels every time a new episode drops. And always remember to recover out loud. Hello again, all you beautiful souls. Thank you for joining me for another edition of Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. The last part, and their families. Uh, for longtime listeners, you've heard me admit fully before that I am failing at the families part um, to the level that I would like to. Uh, we don't talk about it enough on the show, and I don't find enough resources. It, out of all the resources that I've found around the world, it's the families that are left in the dark the most, which is why I'm so very, very pleased uh, to have Sean Corrigan on the show today, because Sean is standing in the gap uh, with the families, and that's why I have him here to talk about that. Sean, thanks for being here, brother. Well, thank you, Mark. I really do appreciate it. Um, so let's talk about the the scope first, uh, before we get into you and, and everything else, uh, tell me about the scope of Special Operations Warrior Foundation, what you do and who you do it for. All right. Yeah. Uh, the foundation has been around since, uh, 1980. It started with, uh, Operation Eagle Claw, which is why we have the Eagle, uh, in the room here, the attempt to rescue the hostages in Iran, um, we lost eight airmen and Marines, and that was 17 kids left behind. So the survivors of the mission made a, a promise to take care of those kids and make sure they got an education. And the foundation has evolved um, since 1980 uh, to now cover not just the children of those uh, service members, special operations service members who fall in combat. Uh, we now cover all line of duty deaths. So whether it's a combat death, a training accident, or any, any other line of duty death, we cover the, the children, their educations. Um, so we're, we have uh, 1,034 children eligible right now. Wow. We've, yeah, we've uh, graduated 481 from college, and, and we've really expanded the, uh, as resources became available over the years, we expanded uh, the education from uh, college tuition and all expenses, that's been the, uh, the foundation, but we've kind of moved it all the way back to a uh, cradle-to-career uh, approach. So we fund preschool. Um, we provide unlimited tutoring from preschool all the way through college graduation. Uh, we provide a, a stipend for uh, K-12 private school uh, tuition if if uh, people choose to go that route. Uh, we help pay homeschooling expenses if they go that route. Uh, we fund college visits to make sure they find the right uh, school to go to. And then we run a, uh, 
a college planning conference. We bring in our high school between their sophomore and junior years. We bring them here to Tampa and uh, run a five-day seminar kind of explaining the whole application process, how to pick the right school for them, um, and and all the ins and outs of the, the college uh, system. So uh, then we send them off to college and uh, pay for all that, and we bring them back between their sophomore, junior years, somewhere in there, for a college to career transition conference where I teach them uh, interviewing skills, job resume, social media, professional social media presence, those kind of skills, because the idea is not just a college graduation, but a meaningful career. Uh, cradle to getting the job all, all the way through. So is there any overlap? So is... Uh, Veterans Affairs or the American Legion or any other organization uh, covering this gap at all, or is it just yourself? There are there are different uh, organizations that that provide scholarships, and um, so in cases where a student's eligible for, say, a VA scholarship, we cover everything that the VA scholarship doesn't, um, and most most don't reach all the way. Uh, back to preschool either so that's that's some of the uh, the gap that we cover but yeah we we partner with some other organizations and uh, we just make sure that everything is paid for and uh, we don't uh, currently fund graduate degrees uh, master's degrees or doctorates or anything like that so uh, with our students who plan on going on to uh, uh, an advanced degree we urge them not to use their veterans uh, VA benefits if they have any and save those for a master's degree. Right. Well, you, you can't, uh, you can't cover it all, you know, because um, if, if you are, then there's all these others that uh, won't even get the two year diploma. So you got to draw the line somewhere. Is there a big, uh, no, not from what you do, because you cover everybody. Uh, but for Veterans Affairs and the American Legion and, and other organizations, is there a big difference state to state on uh, veteran support? I know a friend of mine, he was armored infantry, and he's covered with for everything. He wants to go to school, he gets school. It's, it's covered um, as, as a veteran, and he's in Texas. But if he was in California, not so much. So is there a, do you see that there's a, a big difference between uh, states? And if so, which uh, state provides the least support and which uh, two or three states provide the most? Yeah, the, there are definitely a, a wide, wide range of uh, support, both at the um, college level, uh, state, and all the way down to um, other programs like students with disabilities some states cover uh, a lot of uh, programs for students with learning disabilities, other than not. So um, where I really treat each one of those 1,034 students on a case-by-case individual basis because they all have unique needs. And students are spread out all over the country. There's 
high concentrations where uh, there's special operations bases like North Carolina, San Diego, California, uh, those kind of places. But some of the families move back to, to um, their original home location. So we do have kids all over the place and we really have to look at every one of them state by state and, and uh, the, the states they go to college in as well. So, yeah, it's there's a, a wide, wide range of, of support out there from, from, as you mentioned, a place like Texas with a lot of support, a place like Florida with a lot of support, um, to some other places that I'm not even familiar with how much, like my home state, South Dakota, I, I don't know because uh, we don't have anyone currently in school there. But um, I, I don't know how much they provide. Do you have, does the organization have future aspirations of expanding your scope of service? We're, we're about where we um, think we should be. We want to stay focused. We have a secondary mission that's support to wounded, ill, and injured special operations personnel. Uh, but that's a, a much smaller uh, program, especially now that uh, there's, there's uh, less active combat. But uh, on the education spectrum, we, we think we're covering pretty much uh, everything, like I said, from cradle to career. Uh, at any point, it's, it, we have to kind of reassess year by year, too, on, um, on any kind of caps or limits. Like uh, uh, for preschool, it's $8,000 per student per year, and that, that covers virtually everyone. Uh, but if the costs get to such a point where we need to make incremental changes like that, we will. Uh, we do that with like, travel and miscellaneous expenses on a, a periodic basis. But I will tell you, college is, is definitely getting more expensive. Uh, <laughs> yes, just in the, yeah, in the couple years I've been here, I've, I've seen it um, just constantly go up. Yeah, it's so difficult. And now when people end up with uh, even a two-year college diploma, the student debt can be crippling, much less a master's degree or a doctorate. You better be getting into one heck of a good-paying job. Um, So I'd imagine that uh, some people choose trade school instead uh, for your your funding. Indeed, yeah. And and we do cover that as well. We've sent sent kids to electrician school, welding, um, truck driving, uh, linemen, power linemen, pretty much the full gamut, firefighting, things like that. So it's not limited just to colleges and universities. If somebody wants to uh, learn a trade, great. The, the goal is a career. Yeah, absolutely. Is there any entrepreneurial support? So for those that uh, want to start their own business? We, we have students who have, and they help out as, as mentors, but we don't have a specific program for that. But if we, and we do have some students uh, in entrepreneur-oriented uh, degrees. It's 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 a real degree now, entrepreneurship. Really? Uh, in some schools, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I was surprised, but uh, it, it is a real thing now. Well, it it makes sense, you know, um, because a standard business degree doesn't really help you start a business. <laughs> it just helps you with with a lot of the theory. So I would uh, hope and and imagine that an entrepreneurial degree is going to actually help you with the nuts and bolts of being an entrepreneur and mindset, which is a giant part of it, that's for sure. So 
um, for your organization, the support that you provide for the severely wounded, does that include uh, mental injuries like PTSD and TBIs? If it requires hospitalization away from uh, the the person's home, and that's that's kind of the the eligibility criteria, and the U.S. SOCOM Care Coalition entity uh, informs us of those, we'd have no way of of really knowing who's in the hospitals. Uh, they notify us of the uh, casualties, the the deaths as well, but the uh, criteria that came up with uh, I think 1994 is when or not 1994 2006 when we started this program um, was hospitalized away from uh, your your home or your uh, home duty station and the idea was uh, families were incurring uh, costs you know to go visit their loved one at a place like Walter Reed or uh, Brook Army Medical Center and uh, there was no mechanism for the military or the government to reimburse those expenses, whether it's flying grandma in to take care of the kids or putting the dog in the kennel or miss time at work. So you can be with your loved one while they recover. So that's where um, we step in and, and uh, provide an immediate financial um, assistance, a a check for $5,000. And uh, in cases where, other organizations do similar things. We coordinate through the Care Coalition um, for to ensure that everyone gets five thousand oh, wow. dollars. If okay. um, yeah, yeah. So, do you uh, coordinate with, say, Ronald McDonald House? No, no, we don't. It, it goes directly to the service member, or if they're um, if they're incapacitated to the uh, the spouse. And so it's it's immediate check to them, and so they can use it as they need. Okay, but you don't have a relationship with Ronald McDonald House or anything similar where uh, they provide a place to stay for the families. See if your if your kid is in the hospital, that sort of thing. Yeah, and the military has the uh, Fisher House system. The U.S. military has a Fisher House system uh, at all the the major bases. Uh, and I know cause I lived on Fort Bragg forever and it was right around the corner from where I lived. Right. There must be a lot of people, um, knocking on your door and like for mental health supports, but, uh, that's not part of your scope. So that's a opportunity before the show started, you and I were talking about, um, or I was sharing with you about 220 and Dan Jarvis. So that's out of the States as well. Um, so, uh, post-show, I'll, uh, give a connection, uh, introduction to you if you like, because if anybody's knocking on your door looking for mental health supports, uh, probably the best place to send them is 220, which is all veteran based and, uh, they deal directly with veterans first responders and provide very quick and effective relief for, um, mental health injuries like, uh, PTSD and, uh, and even with TBIs as well. So uh, that way you're not left empty-handed, or they're not left empty-handed when they're knocking, knocking on your door. Well, I think we're about there. It's a short show today, just uh, just 15 minutes, but we've kind of got it covered. We got the who, what, where, when, why, and how. Uh, so let's talk about you a little bit. Uh, how did you come into this organization, organization, Sean? You've got quite the pedigree on LinkedIn there. Uh, West Point, uh, the whole nine yards. Uh, how did you come across this organization, and why did you decide to be a part of it? Well, 
when I was uh, active duty, I knew about the organization because, unfortunately, you know, over the years we lost a, a lot of uh, a lot of our comrades. And uh, so, out of my thirty years in the army, about twenty six were in special operations units. And so, again, over the years, uh, unfortunately, we lost service members. In fact, the pictures you see on the wall behind me are, are the children of fallen special operations warriors and um, not in the screen now, but literally the daughter of uh, a soldier who I had to do his uh, notification just went through our epic, our, our college prep course um, two years ago. Uh, so I know some of these, or I knew some of these kids dads and you know now they're starting to come of age when they were killed in say 2005 2006 uh 2007 the kids were really little kids and you know i we were all there at the memorial ceremonies when the name goes on the wall the gold star goes up and the little kids are sitting in the front row and then you know the military units have to keep doing their mission and so special operations warrior foundation steps in and again working with that family from the, the time the, the warrior dies all the way through college graduation and beyond i retired at uh, uh, u.s socom headquarters in 2018 uh, here in tampa and my uh, last my last uh, boss was major general clay huttmacher and he was the uh, director of operations for u.s socom and I was uh, the J3X, they call it, which is not important. But he and I had served together for a very, very long time uh, in various units. And when my predecessor uh, decided to retire, the, the predecessor in this job, he gave me a ring and I, I left at the opportunity because uh, it's, it's it just the mission is so meaningful it's a chance for me to give back and uh you know frankly these are my my colleagues kids on the wall it could be my kids and somebody else could be sitting here talking to you supporting my daughter my son i've got a, a junior in college and a junior in high school and i know this foundation would be there for them if i was the one who didn't come home well god bless you for doing it it's so critical are there other supports, other organizations to support these kids, like a big brothers, big sisters, that sort of thing, or mental health supports? Yeah, there's there's a lot of great organizations. Um, uh, Gold Star Kids, the Gary Sinise Foundation, it does a lot of work with Gold Star Kids. So there's there's a really great network of of support for various things, and that's one of the reasons we try to stay focused on education. But we through the U.S. SOCOM Care Coalition uh, coordinate. If, if a family identifies a, a need, a, a certain requirement that is kind of outside the education realm, the, uh, the folks at uh, the U.S. SOCOM Care Coalition have a vast, vast network of support and can point them uh, to another either uh, charity like us, a nonprofit, or a different government service that, uh, that provides uh, the resources needed to solve whatever problem. Uh, so it's it's a really good network, and it's very well connected. Uh, the the SOCOM uh, Care Coalition really does a great job of of um, 
continually expanding that network. I'm going to have to write that one down. One of the issues both in Canada, the States, and probably everywhere for veteran supports is that it's so fractured. In the States, I think the number is 45,000 different veteran support organizations. It's a big, big number. Some of them are mom and pop organizations. Uh, uh, some of them are in name only. Um, some are good. Some are ineffective. Uh, and so knowing where to start, knowing where to go is really, really difficult which is a big part of this show. You know, I, I find them, bring them, bring them to the show, then people can go through it like a Chinese menu and, and pick whatever that they want. Um, uh, listen to you or listen to whoever else I have on here uh, to decide, is that the organization that I want to go to? And uh, you must be running into that same problem as well because there's so many different organizations all over the place. Yeah, yeah, there really are. And um, it, it, it can be daunting because, uh, as you alluded to or even said, uh, some are better than others. Some are more efficient and effective than others. And um, that's that's where the, the entity at SOCOM, the CARE Coalition, um, that's, that's very helpful because they're – bringing in all these uh, all these reports or they're hearing about all these organizations, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So they have a, a really good sense of um, what's effective and what's not, what organizations are effective and, and which ones aren't. It's so important to get it right the first time because what happens is when you have an organization that really can't do what they say they can do or they're not all that um, organized. And it happens with uh, Veterans Affairs Canada. It happens with the American Veterans Affairs. Um, People finally muster up the courage to ask for help, which is like the hardest thing ever to do. And when they finally put up their hand, they uh, don't have a soft place to land. They end up not being treated correctly um, or made to feel like they're a burden. And then that's it. They go dark and never ask for help again. It's called sanctuary trauma, where the place that should be the safe place to ask for help uh, ends up putting a boot on your neck. And that is so destructive, and I've seen it. I've seen it time and time again. I've experienced it, but I was able to muster up enough uh, mustard to, to keep going. Um, it is so critical that that's avoided as much as possible by having good referrals, by sending people to places where it is very likely to be a soft place to land. It is critical to be that soft place to land for people when they put up their uh, hand because most people don't ask for help until they're in an absolute desperate um, position. Yeah, and uh, U.S. SOCOM commander took literally an entire day and had all his colonel and above commanders uh, dial in or be present for uh, focus on the first soft truth people are more important than hardware and in this case hardware or software these days uh point being we've got to turn around the trend in in suicide so it is is a, a very long sometimes painful very thoughtful day on how are we going to turn this around and uh, you know it's definitely a command priority um at this point we all know personally know someone who has committed suicide. Um, Quite a few. Yeah. And that's, that's, um, 
it's troubling. I mean, it, it, it touches everyone and, you know, the effect on the families is, is, uh, it, it's crushing. Well, the mission of the show, Sean, is to save lives, relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. And on that mission, with that vision, the one of the best resources I've found in the world, and, I, and I've looked everywhere, is 220 that I uh, was talking to you about. So you... Um, Get together with them, do your diligence, uh, have a chat with them, listen to episode 277, which is the most recent one, I believe, and um, and we can talk more on it, or better yet, hook you up with Dan Jarvis, uh, uh, an American infantry veteran, and, um, and get you rolling with that, because partnering with them is one of your best bets, for sure. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. I've, I've written it down. I'd appreciate uh, the, the virtual link up, if you could help me out with that yeah well that's where the name comes from 22 zero get the 22 suicides a day down to zero and as you probably are well aware that 22 number is farcical it's not even the real number it's uh far far higher but uh, some study some point came out with the 22 and and that's just what we kind of go with yeah it's um as, as i said it's 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 devastating to the units it's devastating to uh, the families. Now, I, I will say that uh, the services uh, normally, almost always, consider suicide a line of duty death, and so we do cover the all line of duty deaths of all U.S. SOCOM personnel. So um, we, we've got the kids' uh, backs if if we're unsuccessful in in bringing that down. We do have the kids, but I. I'd sure like to not have to have their pictures on the wall behind me. Well, we're certainly on the same mission, and I'll uh, I'll be able to help you with that at least somewhat. If nothing else, uh, Sean, um, help promote this show within your network because that's what that's what I do. I make mm-hmm. it make it easier to find resources because the resource that you won't use won't help. You know, um, if somebody's like, there's no way in hell I would ever use cannabis products, even if it gets rid of my nightmares. Okay, well, here's 37 other options. And and that's what I do. So the, the more we push the show, um, it's about 25% of my overall audience is in the States. Uh, so it's, it's relevant. People still connect with it because a veteran's a veteran. You know, anybody that's um, mm-hmm. uh, served, we all have that commonality. doesn't matter what country you're in. I've had people from Denmark on and uh, it, it, it's, it's all the same. We've, we've been through something very, very similar. So um, I think we're about there, uh, Sean, how do people get a hold of uh, your organization to uh, uh, make donations and help provide support or ask for help and come and come to you? How do, how do they find the special operations warrior foundation? Yeah, the best way, the easiest way is our website, www.specialops.org. Specialops.org. It's pretty simple. It's just sort of a sidebar question, but it just occurred to me. I run into stolen valor all the bloody time, like constantly. Um, and I've even seen stolen valor types uh, show up to veterans organizations asking for the freebies. <laughs> is this something that um, 
that you've been running into? And if so, how big of a problem is it? No, we, we really haven't. And that's um, largely because we're notified through the U.S. military, through U.S. SOCOM ah, okay. of the uh, casualties. So it's, it's definitely been vetted you know, through the military system. Well, that makes it a lot easier because by the time they get to you, you, you know who's who. But, uh, no, it's, it's something I've seen again and again. And when it's civilians that are running a veteran support organization, they can't see it like we can see it. You know, uh, a lot of times it's just a look on somebody's face where like, that don't look right. <laughs> There's something about this guy. Ask a couple of questions and sure as heck, there it is. They're like, oh, no, another one. There's so many. But um, and they don't even know. Uh, forgive them for they know not what they do. Like they don't even know how gross it is what they're doing, or how yeah. much damage it does if they're um, receiving benefits that they don't deserve. It's uh, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I, I definitely have personal uh, feelings about uh, about <laughs> stolen valor. It's um, pretty low. Well, uh, I've run into even ran into an American one once, and uh, it's so easy because instead of saying, "Oh, who are you with?" I was special ops. Yeah, that's uh, that's a type of work. That's not a unit. <laughs> right. Or or one guy. So uh, who you serve with? I was black ops. Okay, that is a <laughs> scope of uh, of a mission. That's mission scope. That's not. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mr. Black Ops, you go get him, yeah. Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, please stay on the line. I uh, really appreciate you coming and joining, joining me today, Sean. Uh, stay on the line, and we're going to have a little chat. You're listening. Okay, to- thank you. Thanks, brother. You're listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. Hello, my friends. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. I hope you found value in today's episode. If you found this episode helpful, healing, or informative, please let me know by leaving a rating on either Spotify or Apple. And please share, share like the sugar bear on all of your social media channels. Because sharing is caring.